Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Connections and Directions, our University of Michigan Civil and Environmental Engineering podcast. My name is Michelle Santillian, and I am the CEE Marketing Communications Specialist and host of this series. During our podcasts, we are featuring members of our CEE community and how their work reflects our mission of engineers in service to society. We will be highlighting our strategic directions and our commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. CEE's five strategic directions are human habitat experience, shaping resource flows, adaptation, automation, and smart infrastructure finance. I am excited to welcome Dr. Alex Struka, who has been serving as a postdoctoral fellow in our department and is joining us in fall 2022 as a tenure-track professor. Dr. Struka, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. Whatever anybody says, I'm joining as an assistant professor. I get a little worried, but also a little excited at the same time. So it's it's whatever I hear that. It's uh, a little scary, but also exciting. Well, we're excited to welcome you. And if you could tell us a little bit about your background and how your research fits into CEE's strategic directions. Awesome. Yeah, no, I guess so where do you want me to start? Like college or even before that, <laughs> If you want to start with college, and then we'll kind of go back from there. Yeah. No, so I was a chemical engineer in college. I was very excited about how we can apply chemistry to solve the world's problems to some extent. But then as I started chemical engineering, uh, I realized that there's not much chemistry going on in chemical engineering. It's mostly just building big reactors and, you know, helping the pharma industry, the oil industry uh, do their chemistry. Uh, so after that, I switched over to environmental engineering just because I felt like that was a more society-focused uh, engineering field. And uh, I did my PhD at Stanford in uh, basically environmental chemistry. And since then, I've uh, sort of switched and did a postdoc at UM in environmental microbiology focused on pathogens. And I'm going to be starting a lab here in you know a month and a half, so I'm pretty excited about that. And um, specifically, which one of our strategic directions would you say your work most closely fits into? No, so I uh, get very excited about water scarcity and being able to solve that. Uh, So to speak to that a little bit, global scarcity is really you know, a water scarcity is really a global issue where, you know, you have uh, California, for instance, is consistently in drought, as is a lot of the United States. Um, in 2018, for instance, Cape Town was uh, on the verge of becoming one of the first cities to completely run, of, run out of water. Uh, we also have, you know, droughts in India that are causing crop failures, making it harder to feed the growing population there. Uh, so a lot of my research really focuses on uh, water scarcity and how we can lo- lower that. And one of the ways to lower that is to really uh, tap into different resources and different water resource flows, uh, which fits in with, I guess, the true sea st- strategic direction, which is future resource flows, I believe, if I'm saying that right. I don't think I'm actually saying that Shaping right. Resource Shaping resource Shaping resource flows, yes. yes. So as we really you know, turn to alternative water supplies in order to be able to meet water demands and reduce water scarcity, we need to make sure that we can treat that water and reduce the health risks associated with it. And that's where my research fits in. So what is the most significant water-related issue that you see facing society today? So it all goes back again to water scarcity, where we really have a way to meet 
water demands by making more water out of non-traditional water sources. So for example, we can treat wastewater to potable water quality or drinking water quality. We can desalinate seawater. We can switch to using brackish groundwater as a water source. However, what we really don't know is how we can reduce the health risks associated with that water, where if you can imagine, for instance, drinking wastewater might be a little bit more risky than, for instance, drinking surface water out of a river. Um, so what uh, we really need to do is understand how we can treat that water and whether or not that water is treated to the point where there is minimal risk associated with drinking it, and also how we convince the public uh, that this water is clean and that we are able to drink it and not get sick from it. And specifically, what role do you see yourself playing in that process of working with the public and serving society? Yeah, so my lab uh, basically focuses on water chemistry and making sure that we remove contaminants in water. So both the pathogens, which cause acute health risks, so for instance, diarrheal disease from a different type of bacteria and viruses, and uh, uh, the other part of that is really reducing the chronic health risks caused by water. So removing contaminants such as pharmaceuticals, um, pesticides, or anything that can cause a health risk to ourselves from a chronic standpoint. And, and my lab really focuses on how we can uh, set up our treatments so that these risks are reduced, both of them, so the acute health risks and the chronic health risks, and also how we can reduce the overall cost of treatment so that it is more accessible to potentially underserved communities. Um, and in terms of the public policy aspect of that, I really hope to collaborate with people that are interested in that in order to really be able to bring this non-traditional water treatment to the public and make sure that it is accepted. And how did you become interested in your area of study? Um, and this is maybe going back farther than college at this point. Where yeah. did, did you have an experience in your life that um, directed you to uh, to go into this area of study? No, I mean, to some extent, I think a lot of faculty and students have this, you know, moment where they uh, decide this is what I want to do. For me, I pretty much kind of stumbled upon it. Uh, when I was in college, I uh, ended up doing research in a geochemistry lab, and I looked at water quality there and mercury methylation, how that affects, you know, uh, the quality of water for in terms of like fish and, you know, how we get exposed to those type of metals. Um, and uh, ever since then, I really wanted to do something that is even more closer to people, right? So I focused on drinking water and wastewater treatment uh, since then. So that was kind of my, you know, uh, not necessarily a moment, but my stumbling upon just trying to make the world a better place by helping people with their water. And what classes do you anticipate teaching initially? And do you have ideas for um, additional or new courses that you would like to add to the CEE course lineup? No, um, so I'm going to be taking over CE 480 and 580, uh, which to, I guess, the listeners that don't know what the numbers stand for, because I also never do. And it's really funny when faculty talk to me about, oh, I'm teaching CE 592. And I'm like, what does that mean? I'm not actually sure. Uh, so that's uh, physical chemical water treatment, mostly. Um, so uh, CE 480 is the undergrad version of that, and CE 580 is the grad version of that. And I actually plan to really revamp the undergrad version of that to focus on water reuse and water scarcity and bring some bring in some ideas from policy in order to make that class uh, interesting to our students. It sounds like it's a very relevant course, certainly for our time. So Indeed, indeed. 
Uh, I hope so. So please, students, enroll. (laughs) (laughs) And how do you incorporate diversity, equity, and inclusion into your research and your studies? Yeah, no, so I, I really love the CE department partially because of the culture of it and a culture that really promotes diversity, equity, and inclusion and is able to potentially retain students from underrepresented backgrounds in the department. And a lot of this, I think, came through from our student body where over COVID, the student body really got excited about promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion within the department and within the departmental culture. Uh, So to that, I really focus on uh, helping that culture uh, kind of, you know, be more diverse and inclusive. Um, And I run the mentoring program within the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee at the department. So we have a program that's really focused on mentoring of students and peer mentoring program, uh, where we try to uh, basically make students feel more included in the community as they start their PhDs, their masters, and potentially in the future, their undergraduate education as well. What are some specific activities that the mentors do with the students uh, to advance these this uh, the DEI initiatives? No, yeah. So in the past year, we actually had a mentoring program that was really focused on peer mentoring group wise, um, where we met. Uh, I think four times during the academic year and, you know, played board games together. Uh, the students were able to actually have a, we had a person come in uh, from the career center, I think. What What is the name for the career center at UM? Like the big name that they have. I forget, I call them the career center. So if they ever hear this, they're gonna be uh, upset with me probably. Uh, but they spoke about, you know, how to get a nice career after you graduate from the UM program. Uh, and a career that fits, but that's what I mean by nice career. Um, so it was it was pretty nice, and uh, yeah, this was a graduate student focused, and we're hoping to expand that to our undergraduates as well. That's wonderful, and especially post COVID, as students are looking for more opportunities to get involved and to just make connections with other students, faculty members, um, just people in general. Yeah. I think that's a great uh, great timing for no, that. No, definitely. And, and to speak to COVID a little bit, I started as a postdoc here over COVID and I, you know, I realized how bad COVID was for our student body and our student community where students that started over COVID never got to meet their peers apart from, you know, on Zoom videos. And then now finally they're getting to meet them and students that were already in their degree some of them finished within COVID times and never actually got that graduation, never got, you know, that release of energy and happiness that comes from that. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so uh, having, you know, more opportunities to interact on a social level is very important for our department, our departmental culture right now to keep us going. And do you see any additional ways of doing that beyond some of the DEI initiatives that you spoke of? Any, anything I mean, else? I think I think we're trying our best, right? It's, it's sort of hard over the summer right now where everybody's everywhere uh, to some extent to get together and all see each other. But I believe there's tea time, for instance, this week, right? So we're trying to set up events, I think, as a department that do bring us a little bit closer together in person. So we remember that we're people and not just, you know, little Zoom screens. <laughs> I think that's that's a great idea, and I look forward to uh, being a part of, as I as I would assume most members of the CEE community look forward to those opportunities coming up so. <laughs> uh, with the new academic year. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a great chance for people to really get to connect with one another. Is there a general message that you would like to convey to our U of M CEE audience? No, I mean, in ge- like I guess a general message is kind of hard to think of, but. 
uh, you know, we're, we're a community and we need to maintain our culture and we're an awesome culture and an awesome community that's very open to new ideas and um, just continue doing what we're doing and, you know, make progress that way. Is there anything you would like to add that maybe I haven't asked you about or something that you feel is an important message to get across about um, the classes you'll be teaching or your focus? Uh, no, I mean, I feel like we covered a lot during this podcast already. I know it was a little bit fast, but, uh, you know, I am starting a research program and starting to teach my classes. So whatever students I end up having, please uh, give me some feedback so that, you know, they develop into something that everybody loves. Thank you for listening to our podcast conversation. For more information about jobs, please visit the Michigan Engineering Career Resource Center. For more information about CEE at Michigan, please visit our website at cee.umich.edu. You can also reach our YouTube channel and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn pages from our website.